Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. All about who you know. Today's message is titled, Do You Know Him? Do you know him? Tell your neighbor, do you know him? Do you know him? You can, you can follow along in our, in our church app or the YouVersion Bible app if you'd like. I got all my notes in there for you. Um, but uh, um, we're going to start in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. Are you ready? All right. It says, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Verse 4. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Dang. I'm, I'm glad that we went for a soft verse to start out. Verse 5. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word because it's not always soft and cushy. I thank you for your word because it, it straightens us out. It gives us power. It gives us the ability to believe and have faith. So, Father, I thank you that you're, I'm going to compare myself to your word today for each of us as we look in the mirror of your word. And, Father, show us who you are, what you want to do in and through our lives, and we submit ourselves to you completely. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do I have some note takers here this morning? We got some note takers? All right, here's the first point. To know God is to live in truth. Can we see that together? To know God is to live in truth. Philippians 3 verse 5 says, I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I am pure blooded, I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A real Hebrew. Come on, somebody say real Hebrew. I'm a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the, the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. If you don't know who this is yet, it's Paul writing this. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable, but. Somebody say but. Oh, I love when God puts his butt in the middle of our situation. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ. Somebody say, knowing Christ. Knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else. Counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Verse 9. Everything else oh, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Somebody say faith. Verse 10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul is writing about his relationship with the law versus his relationship with Christ. Now, we've been talking a lot, and I've... I've I can see the, the seats are a little empty today, so I guess I've pissed off enough people. Amen. That's good. Uh, I just want to be real. I want to get real. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. As I've watched the church, not just this church, but the church, at least in the United States, I haven't seen it all over the world, but I've, I've seen a lot of, of wishy-washy, milky church. 
And when I read things like this of what it, what it means to know Christ, I, I honestly, I, I don't know if you'll ever send me on sabbatical again because I came back with such crazy ideas and thoughts. But when I came back, I started looking at what we were doing and I started feeling a little bit of, of that Holy Spirit just pressing on my heart, that Holy Spirit conviction, you know what I'm talking about? Where I started looking around and looking at the health of people in our church. And I was like, man, do they know him? Do they know him? If something happened today and we all went to heaven together, would I, would I get to hear over and over again as I looked at people, be like, no, no, Jesus, I know this one. They're, 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 so, they're amazing. And, and I want to make sure I hear the right words come out of his mouth. Well done, good and faithful servant. And it scared me because I started to wonder, were they, did they just have a relationship with the law? Did they just have a relationship with the church, but no relationship with Jesus? Woo, that was convicting, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. You know, we, we lose the meaning of what it means to be a Christian. You know, when we talk to people who don't know what a Christian, oh, it's somebody that goes to church. Is it? Is it? You know, Christian, the term Christian was not originally a term of endearment. The term Christian was, was a, a, a derogatory term saying you're a little Christ. A bunch of little Christs running around. But you know what? It got adopted as, you know what? I need to be more like Christ. You're absolutely right. And I pray, I pray that one day we will see revival come in our nation where we will see people so on fire for Jesus, so, so enthralled in their relationship with Jesus. Did anybody go and see the Jesus Revolution movie? We got to go see that as a church last night, and, and uh, it was amazing. Um, I, I was listening to, to different things they said in the movie, and I was like, man, it's like I, I must have read the script for this last series, huh? You know, uh, talking about, well, well, it's not a really about making you comfortable. It's a, I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. And so uh, it got me all excited. I was crying a lot watching that movie. Come on. Come on. You know, what I've found is we, we've, uh, maybe you've heard this term before, but the church is supposed to be a hospital. You ever heard that term? Church is supposed to be a hospital. That means that every broken person is allowed in here. Are you with me? Like, I, I don't know, as I look around the room and maybe look at myself on my camera, I, I, there's no perfect people in here. Grateful for that. But the church is supposed to be a hospital. You know what a hospital does? A hospital starts working with people and starts to make them strong again, starts to make them healthy again. So, so they can do what? be sent back out of the hospital. Are you with me? You, you get out of the hospital to go find more broken people, more, more, more distressed people, so they can come and be healed and be made strong. Amen? Well, you know what? As I was praying and looking at this, I was noticing that, that the American church has been less a hospital and more a hospice. Can I just make you as comfortable as possible and let you die slowly? Oh, we all, we all do it. I've been a part of, I've been doing church for, for 15 years in some pastoral sense. And, and I've watched as, as we concern ourselves with how comfortable the chairs are. I did put the comfy chairs back out for all of you that, especially the last three rows, I made you all sit in, in, uh, in those metal chairs that we started out with. But I told the team, put the comfy chairs back out. But you know what happens is we get so concerned about comfort that we forget that there is a soul being battled for. There's a soul being battled for because we're so, we're, we're, oh, I, you know, pastor, if you would just have a better style, of, like a better quality of coffee, I think more people would stay at the church. Come on. Listen, these are normal conversations behind church doors. 
of every church I've been a part of. Like, like, oh, I don't think people like the bright lights. we got to shine them in a different direction. You know, I think the music might be a little too loud or a little too soft or a little too this or a little too that. Pastor, I, I think you should change your wardrobe because you're still living in the 1990s. You know, like, like we, we have these talks about how to make people comfortable in church. But the truth is Jesus made everybody uncomfortable. Like the Pharisees were very uncomfortable when, it, when dealing with Jesus. And, and as Paul's sharing here, he's like, hey, uh, these were the things I was concerned about. These, like I was an all-star when it came to the law. I think there's some people when they see, like, you go to church every week? You're like a superstar Christian. Like, wait a minute, you not only go to church every week, you go to, you go to midweek group too? And youth? And men's and women's? Oh my gosh, you're like a super Christian. But we could be completely missing it. Oh, I got a great relationship with the church, but no relationship with Jesus. Ask your neighbor, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Oh, my goodness. Let's go back to 1 John in chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment, to love one another is the same message you heard before, verse 8. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true, the true light is already shining, verse 9. If anyone claims, I am living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness, verse 10. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble, verse 11. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. When you know Jesus, come on, someone say, when you know Jesus. When you know Jesus, it redefines your relationship with the law. When you know Jesus, it redefines your relationship with church. I know a lot of people, they feel really good. Hey, I went to church this week. I've been so busy. And I went to church this week. And that's the hot. They were like, dude, I got my, I got my gold sticker this week. I went to church. Like, you call your mom. Like, mom, you're not going to believe this. I went to church this week. Not even, I even signed up for small group. Right? And we get all excited about that. Listen, God does not care if you come to church. He doesn't, he doesn't care if you make it here next week. What he cares about is having a relationship with you. And here's what I'll tell you. When you come week after week and you build relationships with one another, I know that my brothers and sisters around here, when I'm, when I'm distressed, when I'm, when I'm downtrodden, we, we did this thing. We did our, one of our rooted groups on a Monday, this last Monday group. I got some of the people in here that were at that Monday rooted group. But if anybody knows me, my stress level on a Monday is so terrible because of the adrenaline rush of Sunday. Man, that rooted group would surround me when they could tell that I was distressed. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to be perfect, right? Like, I should have it all together so I can lead people. No, none of us have it all together. When we start faking that we have it all together, we start becoming this, this church that's, that's fake. Listen, we don't have to have it all together. But I tell you what, when you still show up, and you go at it together, saying, hey, man, I, I don't have it all together. I'm kind of feeling weak right now, but I'm still in it with you. 
and we're still doing this together. I'm not willing to quit on you if you won't quit on me. Are you with me? And there, there's, a, there's a growth that comes with that. When you know Jesus, it redefines your relationship with the church and the mission ahead. You see, it, it becomes less of, hey, I need to get, get, get to church so I can be good with God. No, it's, it's I get to church so I can get, get the mission plan. What are we doing next? Where are we going next? Hey, God, I'm, I'm ready. Let's huddle up. Let's get around in this circle and let's get this thing going. Where, what we, what's the game plan? We're going into halftime. What's the game plan, Lord? Oh, you know, this nation is losing in so many ways as it comes to the Christian faith. What are we going to do now, Lord? What's our comeback strategy? Are you with me? And you begin to seek the Lord and He redefines that relationship that you have with the church and the relationship that you have with Him. Point number two, I will live the truth as I know Jesus more. I will live the truth as I know Jesus more. You know what happens to a lot of people is that when we become a Christian, we start to look around and we go, okay, so that's what you're supposed to wear as a Christian. Oh, and when, when they sing songs, this is what I'm supposed to do. Oh, oh, this is how you're supposed to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in, in Jesus' name, amen. Right? You start just repeating things and doing those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Follow me as I follow Christ. But it has to get past just the imitation. It has to be a relationship. A relationship with God for yourself. I will live the truth as I know Jesus more. See, a lot of us, we're just trying to fix the symptoms on the outside. Hey, if I, maybe if I just cuss a little less, I'll, I'll seem a little more Christian. Maybe if I just drink a little less, I'll seem a little more Christian. Maybe if I just watch a few less of those types of movies that I know are inappropriate, I'll be a little bit more Christian. Listen, that's not about that at all. See, the more that you get to know Jesus, the more you will live the truth. See, you don't have to focus on fixing all those things in your life. Those things will get fixed as you get to know Jesus. Because all of a sudden the passion, thank you, the passion of, of finding out who Jesus is, of His heart and what He wants to do and how He wants to use your life, how He has purpose for you, ignites inside of your soul and you begin going on fire towards something different. And as you go towards Jesus, you become more and more like Him. Oh, you start to figure out, like, as you're going towards him, you're like, you look at a part of yourself and you're like, ooh, this, something's wrong with this. This doesn't, this doesn't belong. The closer I get to Jesus, this hatred inside of me doesn't belong. The closer I get to Jesus, the more I know him, the, the less I start judging other people. The, the closer I get to Jesus, the less I'm judging the church. The closer I get to Jesus, I start to realize that everyone around me is just as messed up as me. I can't tell you how many times going to somebody's house and they'll say, Pastor, please don't judge me in shame. They got their hands over their face. Please don't judge me. You're going to hate me for what I did. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I know Jesus. I know Jesus and I know me. <laughs> I'm not going to hate you. He doesn't hate you. He wants you not to have your hands over your face anymore. He doesn't want you to be sitting in shame anymore. Jesus says shame off you. That's why he went to the cross, to wash your sin off of you. Knowing Jesus changes everything. Here's point number three. I will simplify my faith by knowing Jesus. I hope you enjoy church. I try to make it fun. I try to be a little silly here and there and say things that people don't expect just to wake them up. So I hope you enjoy church. But even more, I hope you know Jesus. I hope you know Jesus. 
Simplify your faith. It's not about how much you can serve, which I love serving. And serving together is awesome and it's fun. And we can grow together. But if that's all it is, then it's not worth doing. Simplify your faith by knowing Jesus. If you know him, oppression, the oppression of busyness will not enslave me anymore because I know Jesus. It's amazing if we were to take a step back from our life, look at our calendar and be honest about it. Is Jesus the center of that calendar? Come on. I'm just as guilty. His ministry might be the center of that calendar for me, not Jesus. If you love me, take care of my sheep. Come on. If you love me, feed my sheep. Jesus still has to be the center. If Jesus is the center, we'll get through it. Is worry the thing that easily entraps and paralyzes us? It doesn't have to be if we know Jesus. How many of us are sitting in a place of worry, wondering, is this job going to be there? Are they actually going to give me a raise so I can pay the, the new gas bill? <laughs> $500, dear heavenly baby Jesus. <sighs> How does anybody do it? All of a sudden you sit in a place of worry. Are we ever going to get out of the hole? Are we ever going to get above water? But when you know Jesus, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I know your principles. I know, that, I know that when I tithe, I know that when I give, you say that you will take our gift, pressed down, shaken together, and running over into our laps. I know that promise, Lord. See, when I know Jesus, I don't have to be afraid. When I know Jesus, I don't have to operate out of fear. When I know Jesus, I can operate in a completely different manner, looking at the circumstances through different lenses. When I know Jesus. As we finish up here, the worship team can come out and make me sound holy. Matthew 7. This is, a, this is a little bit of a tough verse. I know I didn't give you many fluffy verses today. Sorry about that. Kind of. Kind of. Matthew 7, verse 21. says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Verse 22, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. You see, it's not about what you can do for Jesus what he already did for you all he wants is you to have a relationship with him the miracles they'll come as you have a relationship with him thank you for joining us today we hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way come visit us here at Livingstone's church in person at Dorothy McElhenney Middle School in French Valley California every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific time you can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, 
You can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.